This special episode of New Retina Radio using Cyfovri, Pegcetacopalin injection in your practice is sponsored by Apellus Pharmaceuticals, Inc., which is responsible for its content. Hi, everyone. I'm John Kitchens, retina specialist at Retina Associates of Kentucky, and today we're going to be discussing Cyfovri a treatment option indicated for patients with geographic atrophy secondary to age-related macular degeneration. I'm joined by my colleagues, Dr. Scott Walter, a retina specialist at Retina Consultants in Hartford, Connecticut, and Dr. Esther Kim, a retina specialist practicing at Orange County Retina in Santa Ana, California. Welcome. Hi, John. Happy to be here and excited to discuss Cyphovery with both of you. Hi, John. Hi, Esther. Great to be here with you both. All right, before we dive in, I'm going to go over important safety information for Cyfovri. Cyfovri pegcetacopalin injection is indicated for the treatment of geographic atrophy secondary to age-related macular degeneration. Cyfovri is contraindicated in patients with ocular or periocular infections and in patients with active intraocular inflammation. Full important safety information will be provided at the end of this podcast. Today, we'll be discussing using Cyfovri in your practice. Before we dive into that, I think it's important for us to give a little background on our experience with Cyfovri. For me, I've been using Cyfovri since it was approved in February of 2023. And to date, I've administered probably around 200 injections or so in approximately 100 patients. Esther, what's your experience been with Cyfovri? Yeah, I am with you there, John. I have also been using Cyfovri since it was approved. And for me, I've started treatment in about 70 to 80 patients at this point. Great. Scott, how about you? I've started treatment about 50 patients and given about 150 injections. All right, great. So sounds like everybody has some good experience with Cyfovri. So let's discuss our first topic, how to dose Cyfovri. Now, the recommended dose for Cyfovri is a 0.1 ml or 100 microliter of a 150 milligram per ml solution administered by intravenous injection to each affected eye once every 25 to 60 days. The Oaks and Derby clinical trials looked at both monthly and every other month dosing. And based on the data from these trials, I've really stuck with every other month dosing. Also, every other month dosing is really more convenient for my patients, their families. For my dosing approach may change, however, when I see the full extension study uh, data for, for Cyfovri, the Gale study. Scott and Esther, how are you making dosing decisions for the patients you're treating with Cyfovri? Well, I really appreciate the flexibility of the label, which gives us a window to treat anywhere from every four to every eight weeks. Uh, personally, I like to start with three monthly doses, and then I extend most patients to every other month dosing. Um, as for me, I've been doing similar to John. So for all of my patients, actually, I will dose every eight weeks uh, off the bat, I know for me, this comes down to just weighing risks and benefits. So in the clinical trials, mainly wet AMD was reported in 12% of patients every month versus 7% in every other month, and then 3% in controls. And then NAION was about 1.7% of patients treated monthly versus 0.2 for every other month, and then 0% for control. So based on this data, I prefer to stay with the every other month dosing but also in terms of practicality and sustainability, I just think the idea of every other month is a lot more palatable to patients when they know that this is the therapy that they may be on for the rest of their lives, or at least for the foreseeable future. And 
Another consideration is that every other month dosing helps with patients getting bilateral injections. Since I do not perform bilateral cyphobrine injections on the same day, I can have patients come in monthly instead of every two weeks, alternating between the two eyes. And I do think that this will help with adherence to the regimen in the long run. You know, Esther, you brought up that point of bilateral injections. Why are you treating patients who have bilateral GA on separate days? What's your rationale there? So for me, just given the side effect profile, I am a pretty risk averse person. So I like to separate it on different days until everything sort of shakes out. Um, but in terms of logistics, I do have a lot of patients with bilateral GA who are receiving cyphobrine both eyes. And this is a bit of a logistical challenge, honestly, keeping track of all the injections. Moreover, if a patient with GA develops wet AMD or vice versa, scheduling becomes tricky because now they need their anti-VEGF injections along with unilateral or sometimes bilateral cyphobrine injections. And obviously the situation is different for each patient, but it's a challenge. And I am, uh, now that it, we've been doing this for many, many months, it's a challenge that I've been able to navigate successfully. Um, additionally, relying on the recent real-world vasculitis reports, I will start cyphovary on the worsening eye, and then I will not proceed with injecting the second eye for at least three to four weeks after the first injection in the worsening eye, and in a patient, let's say that I'm particularly worried about, or let's say they're good, their better seeing eyes is a much better seeing eye, I will sometimes wait for a second or third injection in the worse seeing eye before proceeding to the better seeing eye. And then I always make sure to perform a fully dilated exam approximately two to four weeks after the first injection to look for any signs of intraocular inflammation or retinal vasculitis. And of course, I will review the warning signs with the patient so that they know to return immediately should they experience any symptoms. But how about you guys? Are both of you providing cyphobry treatment in both eyes in your patients with bilateral GA? Well, most of my patients do have bilateral GA disease. So um, I agree. I like to start uh, with one eye first and see how things go um, before treating bilaterally. But after three or four doses, I find that several of my patients are kind of comfortable with it and start asking me when they can start treatment in the other eye. So I think it's actually an easy conversation to have uh, to transition from treating one eye to uh, initiating treatment in the second eye, particularly if both eyes are at similar stages of disease. You know, Scott, for me, I'm being cautious right now because cyphobri's really not been out that long. So I really want to see how a patient does with cyphobri before starting the other eye. Now, one special situation, and Esther alluded to this, is the patient who has GA and develops wet AMD in that same eye. Now, in my practice, uh, we treat those patients for both conditions, but we don't do it on the same day. You know, I don't like to have two injections going in the same eye on the same day. It's a logistical issue for our clinics. It's also a comfort issue, pressure issue sometimes for our patients. And so if somebody's really committed to GA treatment, it's, most of these patients really are very committed to this treatment. They're willing to come back and get that second injection. Uh, and, and, and then the only other challenge, like Esther said, is, is logistics of keeping track of all of those injections. And uh, you might have a patient that's getting a cyphovary injection for their GA1 visit, then bilateral VEGF injections for the wet AMD the next, or 
one eye is getting Sifovri and the other eye is getting a wet AMD treatment one time. And then the next visit, they flop those over and the, the first eye is getting wet treatment and the other eye is getting the, the Sifovri treatment. Logistically, it can be tough, but uh, fortunately, we've been rather good at keeping track of this. Well, I totally agree. Uh, certainly, if you're treating both diseases in the same patient, I find it's helpful to kind of schedule some of those injections, maybe even you know, 16 weeks out so that you have your kind of treatment plan laid out um, ahead of time to make sure you don't kind of miss anything uh, as you go along. With regards to patients who develop wet AMD in addition to geographic atrophy, we know that in the trial, investigators gave the anti-VEGF injection first and then waited about 30 minutes before administering Sifovri. So one option I give patients is to receive both injections back to back on the same day. I think that this significantly reduces the, the treatment burden and the overall visit time for patients. And I suspect that, that many patients and, and certainly many retina specialists may prefer to do it this way, at least in some cases. So I think an important consideration, as you pointed out, is that um, before and after an intravitreal injection, patients should be monitored for their intraocular pressure elevation, particularly if you're going to be giving therapy with an anti-VEGF agent in addition to Sifovri on the same day. You know, Scott, you're right. Uh, in the trials, they did do the wet AMD treatment and the GA treatment in the in the same day, and I think that's perfectly acceptable uh, for patients who who really want to do that. I think for us, we're not quite up to that point yet. Uh, Esther, what's the best practice for Sifovri preparation and administration that you've uh, incorporated into your practice? Absolutely. So Sifovri has a different viscosity that we may have been used to, um, and it has a higher viscosity. So drawing it up will take some getting used to. So in my office, although I do allow my technicians to drop some medications, I do not allow them to drop Sifovri. And initially this was a small adjustment, but now it has gotten pretty routine. And I just make sure to have plenty of lure lock 1cc syringes on hand, as these are necessary for Sifovri injections. You know, for me, um, at the in the beginning, and and once we kind of heard about some of the issues with the the retinal vasculitis, and didn't really have the full compendium of number of cases and risk and things like that, I was drawing up all my own Sifovri injections just to make sure that if there was some other issue that could lead to these things, that it was you know on my responsibility. Uh, I can tell you when I was doing that, there's some advice you know, don't flick the vial or the needle, be patient. Um, you don't have to remove all the air bubbles once you've drawn up the Sifovri. The Sifovri prescribing information really instructs you on how to invert the syringe while maintaining the filter needle in the vial. And this is something I'd never done before, but I think it's great because it keeps that sterility uh, or keeps the most sterile environment you can have. And what you really do is you just move the plunger up and down until the bubbles move to the top. It's it's uh, really amazing once you've got the drug up in there, how easy it is to migrate a large bubble up to the top and get it out of there. Scott, any best practices or advice you have on drawing up Sifovri or administrating it? Let the medication warm up to room temperature before drawing it up. So I like to wait at least 15 minutes. And I think waiting a little bit longer allows that medication to the viscosity to decrease and makes it easier to draw the medication up. And according to the prescriber information, it can stay at room temperature for up to eight hours. I do have my staff drawing up Sifovri, but I've had the sales rep come in to demonstrate the process several times, and I'm comfortable now 
uh, delegating that responsibility to my staff, having observed them uh, drawing up the medication properly. One important step when priming is to ensure that you've gotten all the air bubbles out of the hub of the needle. So to John's point, I do this while the filter needle is in the vial. It's also critical to use the injection needle that's included in the kit. I think it works very well, but one uh, thing to remember is that this injection uh, takes a little bit longer in terms of the duration. So the needle in the eye uh, is, is in the eye for about 10 seconds in my experience, and you need to prepare patients for that longer duration of injection, particularly if they're already accustomed to a typical intravitreal injection, which takes one or two seconds. I also think it's important that your injection technique is suitable for that longer duration of injection. So for me, I think it would be impossible to do this without a lid speculum. And I know some doctors prefer not to use a lid speculum, but they may want to consider adopting one when injecting sifovri to ensure that the needle does not become contaminated with the lid margin during this longer duration of the injection procedure itself. Since the reports of retinal vasculitis, I've been uh, implementing a universal masking policy whenever injecting sifovri. You know, the sifovri trials were conducted primarily during the COVID pandemic, and so universal masking was likely in effect um, at most sites during the majority of the trials. And we know that uh, there were no cases of retinal vasculitis that were observed in the clinical trials. So I think it's important um, you know, to try and replicate those conditions and it may help to reduce the possibility of any airborne contamination of the needle from the patient coughing, speaking, or sneezing during the injection procedure. I'm also really trying to replicate the conditions as detailed in the prescribing information. So I think with any new product, it's important that we actually read the prescriber information and make sure that we're doing everything by the book. Yeah, Scott, you brought up a good point about preparing patients for the longer duration of injection. So for me, I will still do without speculum, um, but the adjustment is that for my patients receiving sifovri, I have been giving them a heads up that I have to hover for a couple of seconds during the injection and reassure them that this is normal. And I think in general, the more that you can prepare a patient for their first injection, the smoother the whole process goes for everyone involved. Great discussion, Esther and Scott. This has been a really fantastic conversation about sifovri dosing and best practices for preparation and administration. Just in closing, I want to thank both Esther and Scott for joining me. I appreciate you guys sharing your insights and perspectives. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about sifovri, please visit sifovriecp.com. If you'd like to hear more discussion from myself, Esther and Scott, please check out our other podcast on diagnosing and identifying appropriate patients for sifovri. Thanks for listening. Please stay tuned to listen to the indication and important safety information. Indication. Sifovri pexetacopalin injection is indicated for the treatment of geographic atrophy secondary to age-related macular degeneration. Important safety information. Contraindications. Sifovri is contraindicated in patients with ocular or periocular infections and in patients with active intraocular inflammation. Warnings and precautions. Endophthalmitis and retinal detachments. Intravitreal injections, including those with sifovri, may be associated with endophthalmitis and retinal detachments. Proper aseptic injection techniques must always be used when administering sifovri to minimize the risk of endophthalmitis. Patients should be instructed to report any symptoms suggestive of endophthalmitis or retinal detachment without delay and should be managed appropriately. Retinal vasculitis and or retinal vascular occlusion. 
Retinal vasculitis and or retinal vascular occlusion, typically in the presence of intraocular inflammation, have been reported with the use of Cyfovri. Cases may occur with the first dose of Cyfovri and may result in severe vision loss. Discontinue treatment with Cyfovri in patients who develop these events. Patients should be instructed to report any change in vision without delay. Neovascular AMD. In clinical trials, use of Cyfovri was associated with increased rates of neovascular wet AMD or choroidal neovascularization. 12% when administered monthly, 7% when administered every other month, and 3% in the control group by month 24. Patients receiving Cyfovri should be monitored for signs of neovascular AMD. In case antivascular endothelial growth factor, anti-VEGF, is required, it should be given separately from Cyfovri administration. Intraocular inflammation. In clinical trials, use of Cyfovri was associated with episodes of intraocular inflammation, including vitritis, vitriol cells, iridocyclitis, uveitis, anterior chamber cells, iritis, and anterior chamber flare. After inflammation resolves, patients may resume treatment with Cyfovri. Increased intraocular pressure. Acute increase in IOP may occur within minutes of any intraocular injection, including with Cyfovri. Perfusion of the optic nerve head should be monitored following the injection and managed as needed. Adverse reactions. The most common adverse reactions, incidence greater than or equal to 5%, are ocular discomfort, neovascular age-related macular degeneration, vitreous floaters, and conjunctival hemorrhage. Please see accompanying full prescribing information for more information.